Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Disaster averted, coming at you. Beginning of the year, still technically the beginning of the year, right? Yeah. It's like in the late, late winter. in January. So late winter, early spring. January is still winter, but here in LA, it's already scorching. It's scorching. We've been figuring out, we're up in my office, so we gave Tianfu one of the many gifted stuffed animals that I get from fans, and we started recording, we realized it had a squeaker. So we've been just squeezing animals for the last 90 seconds, trying to find one that was squeezeless. We found a smoky husky. She's now devouring it. She took to it very well. I thought she'd be more mad about having the toy she'd chosen taken from her, but she loves the she new doesn't, one. She doesn't fucking know. She doesn't know. care. She doesn't know she can't even read. And now we're here <laughs> to answer. like you're insulting her. I am. She you can't, can't read can't or write. <laughs> She's an immigrant. Just, I mean, technically. Can dogs be immigrants? She Female is. comic says the word immigrant and cites riot. Unsure of context. <laughs> I can say whatever I want. All right, let's get to the questions because you guys right now, you're listening to this on a break. A lot of people write very lovely things saying, you know, sometimes your podcast is the only thing that keeps me going. I've had a bad day. We don't realize how many people out there are having a really tough time. And uh, as a performer, as an entertainer, as a comedian, as a good person, it makes me happy to know that me doing the thing I love made you happy. So we're happy you're listening. Yeah. And you're very special out there. Thanks. Not you. Not you. I'm saying thanks to them. All right. Thank I you. mean, but I do listen to the podcast when I prep the everything. I always say that I'm listening to my own podcast for quality assurance, but I just like <laughs> listening to it. <laughs> I mean, but you do have to. You have I, to. I think so much about like, God, I don't want anything in it to be wrong. And then I'll listen to other podcasts and just hear what clearly was supposed to be cut out. I'm like, yeah. God, I'm putting so much work into this. No one you else cares. put so much work. I watch my own Instagram feed because sometimes you go back and you're like, oh, that wasn't a cute look or, oh, I said something I shouldn't have. So there's nothing wrong. You make a mistake, you fix it. She's going back for more tours. Hey! That's mine. Get your hands off that. She's going for some of these toys that people give are like hand crocheted bits of art. Some just have sequins on them. Yeah. All right. Kick it. Okay. That's you. I imagine you for some reason topless, but in a backward hat on stage. You're like, it's me. M Hig. Kick it. (laughs) Behind (laughs) underscore docs. Working as a live model for art students is emotionally draining. Ugh. I work Monday through Tuesday, eight hours a day. Posing Would you say st- Monday through Tuesday? All the way through Tuesday? 
maybe it's Monday. It says Mun dash T-U-E. Yeah. Maybe it was supposed to be Thursday. I don't think so. I think this person works Monday and Tuesday. You can't say through if it's only two oh, days. Oh, it is. Okay. Wait. Yeah. What? Okay, it is. I was is Monday the through Tuesday. Thursday, Monday, Thursday, Tuesday? <laughs> but it's like on. the following Tuesday? <laughs> Eight hours a day posing still so art students can learn how to draw the human body. So perverts can learn how to draw hentai porn on their computers. Do you know what that is? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> okay. Oh wow, that's weird that you were challenging me. I just feel I, like I feel like you're not on the internet as much. My screen name is up and knots. <laughs> I just don't think of you as being. In I the know all kinds of weird internet. shit. I don't partake, and I don't. But I, I that's okay. like. Do you know? Do you even know what genocide is? Yeah, I don't do it, but I know it. Kick it. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> pulling over their cars to Google hentai. Someone. Don't. I don't want a fan dying because they were googling hentai porn. <laughs> While they were driving, and your family's gonna think you were weird. (laughs) Don't look at it. Um, Just Google some nice, good old fashioned mukbang. (laughs) I'm 100% okay with being naked in front of them, but leaving me alone inside my brain for 16 hours in two days. So that's two days. I've confirmed it. Leaves me wanting to cry without any apparent reason. Any theory about why? Maybe some help to solve it. Thank you so much. Plus, Eliza, you're one of the most inspirational humans I knew about in 2019. Thank you, naked worker. Thank you, naked 16-hour worker. Listen, Could I'm you sure you have another job. still eight hours in a row? Uh, that's why solitary confinement is so controversial and mentally taxing. That's yeah. why isolation tanks are tough. People can't go in them for that long. There's a reason humans are communal creatures. Mm-hmm. That's why it's always the person who lives on the outskirts of town. It's always succeeded by, oh, and they're crazy. Yeah. You know, it's never like well-adjusted weightlifter and family man on the outskirts of town. Yeah. That's why it's always that. Because while you might like your alone time, you know, it's still seen as a little weird if you only like to be alone and you're an introvert. So- I suggest that they play some music. I don't see why people can't talk to you. It's not like this is an orthodontist sketching office and they need to see each muscle. Get her away from that squirrel. She's going to take my squirrel. We have a little on little cove in the office where all the stuffed animals are and she's reaching for them. Anywho, so you're not wrong. I For your own mental health, you know, I don't know if this pays so much money that you only have to work two hours a week, in which case, like, just deal with no, it. No, 16 hours, two days. Um, I can tell you this. This is random. When I was doing Instant Family, um, I didn't, you know, you're friendly with the people on your set or whatever, but my character, and this is such a small part, and it was a comedy, but my character wasn't like well-liked. Everyone kind of made fun of her, and there's a scene where they make fun of her answer. And this is, you know, so I can't imagine if you're playing like a serious role that people hate. I kind of felt shitty Mm -hmm. a couple of days knowing that like nobody liked October, it does carry over. So our art does carry over and our work carries over into our personal lives. Um, and I know the feeling of feeling isolated. There were plenty of days in Hollywood where the phone wouldn't ring. and I lived alone and, you know, I had money to support myself, but like nothing to do and no friends to see during the day because they all had jobs. So it, there is a thing to the loneliness. And I understand that you're trapped in your own head. I would ask them to play music. And mm-hmm. I would also be part of a conversation if somebody, I mean, I know that they're all focusing. Could you wear AirPods? Cause that's not going to, that's a great idea. I wonder if that messes with the, that's a great idea. Picture. Just to listen to a podcast. Break and when it they, up. they can all draw ears at the same time and you take the AirPods out. You can listen to an audio book. Yeah. Podcast. Be like, who's on the ears. All right. Do it. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, that is tough. Just being that quiet. For uh, eight hours? I still. I'm about to do a movie that requires me listening a lot. And that just in general, because I'm the like freshman actor on the set. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a little isolating, especially when you are convivial and do enjoy talking. So good luck. Mm-hmm. Play this podcast. Just know we're talking to you. We're thinking of you. Um, Try uh, flexing all your muscles at once. That, that should exhaust you, and then you'll enjoy the mental break. Maybe put a book on the wall as a poster and just read it. But yeah, they should, they should be playing music at the very least. Something. Or a podcast or something, yeah. Audio book, something. It's not that vital to these students that you be still and naked and, and bored. And silent. Yeah, give me yeah. a break. Give me a break. Anonymous, how did you know it was time for a new Christmas mouth baby? I got a new cat after six months and still feel sad and miss my baby, but the hole in my heart feels less raw with a new one to love and shower with baby lamb affection. P.S. Tofu is perfect, and I wish you all the happiness in the whole stinking world. Thank you. I reject that happiness, and I send it right back to you. Um, I am very... She's going crazy in the corner. <laughs> I'm very ha- I'm very into... Being mentally healthy. And I think we live in, and this gets to my bottom of the cob later. Will you give it a rest? Let her play with it. All right, play with it. Uh, My bottom of the cob later. (laughs) I have this paranoia that I won't be as fulfilled as a human as I need to be when I die and I'll be sent back to this hellhole of a planet. So I want to ascend to heaven or the universe when I die as fully realized as possible. I think Wayne Dyer talks a lot about this. And I say this having not really read any of his stuff. Sorry. <laughs> I almost call, oh, I almost called her Blanche. Oh, senior moment. Okay. Let her live. So part of being a human, and I say this as someone who has not experienced profound loss in the way people who have been ill or lost a family member or had a tragedy, mm-hmm. but part of being human is experiencing the spectrum of emotions that are, that are here and part of being alive. And some of those are very painful. Blanche dying was my first real experience with losing something. Thank God both of my parents are alive. I had a health scare with my dad and I cried in the back of a passenger van. He's okay. Um, So when she died, I just remember thinking as much as this hurts, like I want to go through it. I want all of those emotions to filter through me. That way nothing is left suppressed, repressed. Nothing is left not dealt with. We have so many things in our lives that we push down, never talk about, keep quiet. And I felt it. When I felt like crying, I did. When I mourned publicly, I had no problem with it. People were like, oh my God, you're just, you're really showing us how you feel. I'm an artist. Like, I got no problem with that. Um, so I, I felt it. And I knew getting a dog right then and there would be a very temporary solution for a very deep wound. Sad story. A couple of days after Blanche passed, we were in Tokyo still. And I went to a hedgehog cafe because I just wanted to hold an animal. And I'm like sitting there in a gardening glove, holding this spiky thing, feeding it mealworms. And it like can't understand what you're saying. And I was like this, and it was like $18. And I was like, this is not the same. They made me buy a coffee. I was like, this does not feel good at all. Um, so, and, and then I have friends, you know, and their pet dies and they get another pet right away. I don't know if it's different between cats and dogs. I remember when my cat died, I felt really sad, but you know, life moves on. Um, So it's really up to you. I just always encourage people to make sure that you aren't getting a new animal because then I don't right away because you don't want to put any of the expectations from the old animal on the new animal. Like if I got a new animal, I'd be like, why aren't you being like Blanche? And that's not fair to this new angel who's like, my name is Tian Fu. I've got my own set of habits and expectations and hopes and dreams. So I, 
I would see dogs and, and I kept saying to myself, oh, we're going out of town or I've got this or I've got that. I'm traveling. It's not right just yet because I have a, a tough life with these dogs just traveling so much. And we saw a dog adoption the day before and we were going the opposite direction. And I was like, babe, let's stop. And he was like, you've got, you're going out of town. You're going to Montreal for three weeks. We can't. My husband never tells me no. But sometimes things line up and the story of tofu, which we all know, I was making candy. So I was doing something nice for others. I went to the store after two people had said I didn't, they didn't have enough sugar and she was just there. Like it was too perfect to ignore. So I didn't go out of my way to get her. It wasn't a strenuous decision. It was like, it could not, she was in the parking lot of the store. I had the cash on me and she was a sweet girl. And that was that. It'll never be a hundred percent right, but it became right. Sorry, that was a long answer, but that's the no, that's answer. What they, I think that's what they wanted. You'll always, I miss blame. I say, it's weird. Like I don't think of, the the ache isn't there like it was with Blanche, who was my soulmate and my true love. And I would have married her. My husband thinks that that's weird and gross, but I would have if dogs could consent. Would not have had sex with her. That's gross. <laughs> I was surprised a man hadn't proposed to her. She was like an exquisite. One Brian Moses at the comedy store calls her the Brooke Shields of dogs. Anyway, uh, and Tianfu, I'm really enjoying seeing her become her own thing. So it's a journey. And I'm sitting here in an office surrounded by Blanche paraphernalia. Now to me, Blanche is less a dog and more a symbol of hope and glory and queen-like regal. Whoa! Your other so that's it. That's or Just leave the dog alone. People don't care. They don't know what's happening over here. There's nothing right. less interesting than hearing people talk about what's happening Mutter in the studio in when the you background. can't see it. So that's it. Blanche has gone on to be canonized. And now we have Tianfu. Okay. Who's a bonus. She is. I have a long one. Do but I also, I don't it? think I could revel in Tianfu and all of her adorable glory had I not fully processed and mourned Blanche right. the way that I needed to. Right. If you had found Tianfu the next day. Wouldn't have been right. But you did want to do it like you wanted to happen upon a dog. Like we kept yes. an eye out for, for loose dogs on the streets. We I would stopped say, for some dogs that had homes. Yeah. We, I stopped for some plastic bags. We've stopped, That's true. I'd be like, stop, there's a dog. And she was, and then we'd, I'd run out in his bag. It was so sad. Or stop. And then I'd be like, is that your dog? Someone's like, yeah, I just walk it off the leash. Like yeah. our eyes were peeled. Like yeah. I was always telling Emily to pull over because yeah. I wanted to find one out in the street that needed me. And Tianfu is about the closest you could get to finding one out in the street. Yeah. Street dog. Chinese street dog. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time, no additional charge, and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. 
and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby, I'm back to work, I'm at meetings, I'm on tour, I'm running around, and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Next question. Okay, it's a long one. Do you want to read it? The answer is there's never a wrong reason to love an animal. So you shower that new kitty with all the love you got. Oh boy, here's a long one. I'll read it. Yeah, I know you process better. I know. Hi, Eliza, baby arm, hot Scotty. Hot Scotty number one, number one, hot Scotty. Hot Scotty number two, number two, hot Scotty. (laughs) And tofu, I love you. I'm so sorry. I love you all. Okay, I'm going to give hopefully just enough context, but not too to overwhelm. Spoken like a true fan. I'm a 33-year-old woman. Check who's been in and out of school for many years. Check. I've always worked really hard and I recently accepted into a nursing program. Now my stepdad and I have a very complicated relationship. He is very passive aggressive, loud, and quite frankly, embarrasses me to be around. Embarrasses me to be around. I genuinely just don't enjoy spending time with him. Over a year ago, he shut me out of his life again. And instead of being upset about it, I felt relieved. And I felt bad about this because I feel like an asshole, but he's a very draining person to be around. For example, I could be trying to have a heart to heart with him and he would cut me off to complain about work, completely changing the subject and leaving me frustrated. This has gone on for years, totally. So I told him that he should seek therapy the last time we spoke. Nobody ever takes that to heart. Like in a heated conversation, you need therapy. No one's like, you know what? I took your advice. I went to therapy. Thank you so much. Uh, Last time over a year ago, and he has numerous mental health issues that need addressing. I mean, that's obvious. Fast forward to a couple of weeks ago, his sister, my aunt, sent me a message inviting me to Christmas dinner. It was one of those meetings, messages I saw at work. I work in a level one ER. I don't have time to respond a lot. No one here knows what a level one ER is, but I'm assuming Sounds it's like a big one. intense. 
And I thought I would get back to it. Anyway, a couple days later, she unfriended me on Facebook and sent me a message to the tune of, good luck with your life. I don't know why you shut us out. Bottom line is, pick up that dog. Bottom line is this. This is why I've shut them out. They make me feel like there are strict conditions to be in their lives and don't understand that I'm also just really fucking busy. And the whole bit about my stepdad being a handful doesn't help. I would like to respond to her as I've left the message on red for a number of days because I don't want to respond emotionally, but also I kind of just don't care. My monster help. Oof. That's tough. That is tough because obviously like that weird strain of craziness runs in his family. It sounds like you've had your stepdad in your life for a while. My stepmom's been in my life since I was like seven and her family is so loving. I literally uninvited them for my wedding and they were all so cool about it. She has six brothers and sisters and I invited them all and then I realized how many extra people it was and, you know, I'm not made of money Uh, and I wrote them a really eloquent email being like, I have to resend my invite and they were all so cool about it and I was invited to the Hanukkah party this year. So I think you should for your own peace of mind, because you seem to like her, you were invited to Christmas, write her an email, very calmly worded, or better yet, pick up the fucking phone. Yeah. Pick up the phone and be like, I wanted to take my time because I was so hurt. Also by the idea that I had hurt you, I, if you are honestly telling me that you 100% forgot to read it, I wonder how much time went by between her sending it and then writing you the scathing response. Right. Because it is rude. I do get annoyed. You invite someone to something. So first own the fact that it was rude that you didn't respond, uh, even though it was a mistake. But her response right there, and you don't have to say to her, and that's why I shut you guys out. Let her, you know, feel bad for that. Right. Because she probably doesn't feel great about it. But, you know, cutting someone out of your life, I have a very close friend who made the decision a couple of years ago to cut her father out of her life. And- for it's weird that you're writing this. I feel like my friend's writing this. Very similar reasons. Her dad was just draining and kind of a crazy person and unstable and, you know, seemingly normal, but always made her feel bad. And same thing with the expectations. Her stepmom was always like, well, we wanted you to come here, which is always weird to me that there's, it's like, obviously if you guys are crazy, like, why do you care that much if I come? But she didn't invite him to her wedding. And she was like, I'm done. It's too stressful for me you are allowed to make that decision and it sounds like you've had careful deliberation. Uh, People always write memes and talk about like cutting negativity out. And as an adult, like if you're really doing it from the bottom of your heart and the intention is, is really just to make you feel better, you're not doing it to hurt anyone, I think it's okay to just distance yourself. You could put it in a letter. These are the reasons why. If he really does have a severe chemical imbalance, and he's never going to get anything to fix it, then that will continue to affect you in negative ways. I would write a letter to your step aunt or whatever first, or I would actually call her. That way nothing gets lost in inflection. That way at the very least you and her are good. And maybe you do want to go to holiday parties, but the stepdad seems like uh, it's just not a pleasurable relationship. Well, especially if the stepdad is like, he'll distance himself and then suddenly pop back and then distance himself. Like, But then if she does the same thing, it's right. taken You have to poorly. decide what your limit is and if there's any positive side to being with him. Or you decide, okay, this is a guy that I just see at family holidays. And I don't, you know, we pour our hearts out to people who don't always care. So, you know, you're sitting there telling him about your heart to heart and he just doesn't listen 
that also might just be he's uncomfortable. It might be like a guy-girl thing. It's, he's not your dad. He's your stepdad. I don't know how close you guys are. But if he's consistently hurting you and you already explained why, if there's a way to pull yourself away from him without any hurt and just coming from a place of doing it for yourself and this is the best way to feel. You even said you felt relieved when he does himself. Yeah. That's what you should do. Do what you need to do to make yourself feel good since he clearly isn't getting help. But pick up a phone and call your aunt. That you'll feel better. Don't write yeah. the email. Because you can read the meanest email with the best tone or the best email with the worst tone. I read like I could have read email. your question in the like shittiest voice. Of I usually do. When fans write it, I'm like, Eliza, question. <laughs> and people have written in, they've been like, that's not what I meant or sounded <laughs> like, but I think it's funny to read it that way. Um, call her. And she yeah. might even give you some insight. Maybe you guys gang up on him. That's fun too. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Nothing unites people like a common enemy. Pretty sure Hitler said that. I think oh. also Henry Wallens. Anyway, moving on. Anonymous. Hi, Eliza. I want to ask a more general question because the specifics are too long and I think a lot of girls will relate to my general problem. It's my show. I'm 24 and never had a boyfriend. I find myself constantly in two categories, friend-zoned and seen as one of the guys or in a long-term hookup with zero commitment that eventually leads to me cutting them off entirely because there is no future. Because they went too deep. I know that guys like my personality because I've made best guy friends at every stage of my life that I can talk to about anything. I know that guys are into me romantically because of my multiple long-term hookups, but I can't seem to find someone who wants the deep friendship combined with sex, aka an actual boyfriend. I feel so stuck in this pattern and wondered if you had any thoughts. What vibe could I be putting off that either gets picked up as this girl is my new best friend or this girl's my booty call? I love you and went to your show in Charleston. Okay. I'm looking at your picture. Cute girl. Now. Yeah, I don't get a vibe of Yeah, you're like in a cute little outfit. Okay, look, 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 look. A fun pant. A fun pant. A mustard colored fun pant. I like how people are like, here's a picture so you can judge me. Yeah. Um, but honestly, even if you weren't like a normal looking girl, like even if you were ugly, my advice would still be the same. And that is this. Uh, at 24, very few guys are looking for like long-term. Like, and I know you're looking around, you're like, everyone's in a relationship. This phase in your life of being the guy's girl will fade out as people start to get more serious, get stability in their careers and love lives. It's a, it's a thing in your early 20s, as I was one, to be like a guy's girl. You teach people how to treat you. So you don't have to be miscommitment, like I need a baby and a ring tomorrow. But you can sniff out. You have to train yourself to sniff out the guys that just want to hook up versus the guys that actually want something. And you don't make yourself available to people that just want to hook up. There is a version where you just love sex. I doubt you do. Uh, and you just want to hook up with dudes. And you know what? That's great to explore or whatever. You put out the vibe that you're there for a relationship. And the guys that want one too, you will attract. That's just the way that it is. I am not a serial monogamous, but I've always had boyfriends. Not like in a crutch kind of way, but I've never been big on just hooking up. I think I've had like two one night stands my whole life and it wasn't anything other than a positive experience. Um, so you decide what you want and then you have to move in that direction. It's totally cool to be friends with these guys. Maybe ask those guys, hey, do you know any single guy friends? If Also, if you make yourself always available to hang out and do whatever, guys will just take it. Like they'll just hang out with whatever's around. You don't need any more guy friends. You're done. 
you you see people all the time, like no new friends. You don't need any more guy friends. That's great to have it. It serves you very little later in life. Men will be intimidated by it. Girls won't like that you only have guy friends. It sounds like what you need are some good girlfriends and to be pickier about the men you choose to spend your time with. Yeah. And if a guy is like, I don't know, really know what I want, then you don't give him the time of day. Mm-hmm. You want love. And, and I guarantee you, there are plenty of men out there that want to date you, want to date someone like you. You just got to be a little bit patient in finding them. Especially at 24, it's tough because it's just a big smash and grab fuck fest. Oh, I've got my job. I don't know about my job. I'm moving. I don't know. No one really knows. Things will start to shake out. But you treat yourself the way that you want to be treated and people will fall in line. Yeah. Teach others how to treat you. That's the answer. That's it. But uh, I know there's a part of you that's like, yeah, and I got all these guy friends. Okay. You're going to start to move into your uh, late 20s coming up and uh, those guy friends. It's good to have good friends and they stay with you forever. But what happens is those good guy friends then meet girls and then the girlfriend becomes their life. And then you're the friend and the girl doesn't like it. You don't need it. Yeah. Look out for you. Go on some dates. Get on some apps. Ask your girlfriends to set you up. Go out with more girls. You don't want to be the girl that's always going out with guys. Right. Because no guy's going to want to come talk to you. Yeah. If you go out with guys, bring some girls, mix it up. Treat yourself the way you want to be treated. That's my answer for you. Seeing a little bit of myself in you. Although I never did like a long-term hookup. I never, I was never that into hooking up. <laughs> One time. Okay. Sam underscore Sid underscore cats at play. Hey, Ask Eliza crew. I know you travel constantly. And I was hoping you could give me some pointers on making air travel a little more bearable. I hate flying and have been doing it pretty regularly since I was five. I am now 33, but I just can't seem to get a handle on staying calm and relaxed. How do I travel without becoming a big ball of stress and anger? Uh, I don't know. You fly out. You fly a lot and you don't like flying? First of all, flying is stressful. Yeah. I fly all the time and even I find that I'm the night before a little anxious. Not about like the flight or dying, but getting to the airport, especially like LAX, getting through security, even though I have literally missed one flight in my whole life and it's because we were late. I've never not made my flight. I'll say we, I wasn't involved in that. Fine, it was Kara. But (laughs) I've never, and one time at the airport, I slept through my flight. Uh, Forever ago. It was really sad. Um, But even just even that, like thinking about it makes me just, it's irrational. Like nothing's ever happened. I've always made the flight. I've never missed the flight. And I always think what if. So that's irrational. Recognizing it's irrational. I one time, I I don't know. People get high when they take flights. I think that that sounds terrifying. A couple deep breaths. Identifying what it is you're scared of and talking about it. Yeah. Because you're pretty safe on an airplane. Um, thanks to our security, you know, no incidents are happening. That's it. I don't really get anxious for flying. Is it anxious for flying or is there something else? I think all of travel is stressful. Like you're worried about getting through the TSA line. You're worried. So if you can get any of the TSA pre-check clear, anything to make that part easier. Set yourself up for success. If you travel a lot, get clear. Yeah. Show up. That sounds like a Scientology thing. Show up, scan your eyes, you go right in. You don't have to deal with the lines. That's really helpful. Yeah. Uh, I would bring things to distract you. And what I do the second I get to the gate, I mean, granted, I'm flying first class, but even if you're in coach, go to that little part like where coach is supposed to line up, like zones yeah. three and four. Go stand in that. Make it as hassle-free. Just put yourself in the right place. Yeah. Uh, play a game like Tetris or something, Tetris. On your phone, do something to take your mind off of it. That's. I mean, I fly like twice a year. 
and I get to the airport super early because otherwise I'm just in my apartment really nervous. Yeah. So I get to the airport, I get through security, and then I sit on the other side really early. I have a fun snack. Sometimes I buy like a trashy magazine, like a Cosmo or something. And she's coming from LA, which is like <laughs> such a nightmare. You probably live in a normal place that right. is a functioning airport. Well, then I'm going to Atlanta, which is the largest, I mean, better organized, but But you're, but you're large. landing there. Just take a deep breath, bring your own water bottle to refill it. Don't buy anything mm. there. Walk through some of the shops, just maybe put on some meditation music. Yeah. Set yourself up so that literally all you have to do is move your body onto the plane, sit down, close your eyes. Yeah. Take a melatonin when you get on the plane. Mm-hmm. It's habit, non-habit forming, although I take it every night. Take three milligrams, be out. Yeah. That's it. Don't, don't smoke pot. You might get paranoid. That'd be weird. Yeah, I don't understand Next how, how people know. do that. The one time I was on a red eye, so I took a, a Xanax. Then the person next to me talked the entire time, and so I didn't go to sleep. And oh, my like God. a five-hour flight at like midnight. Let me give you a piece of advice real quick. If you are going to take a Xanax or an Ambien, like I don't know how far you're flying, do not take anything. Do not imbibe liquor. Do not take no. a pill until wheels up like Argo yeah. style. Yeah. Argo style. Because I know people who have taken an Ambien, plane didn't take off and yeah. they like get shook, shaken awake. Like, sir, we have to deplane. Yeah. So don't do anything until wheels up. That way you know you're in the flight. Maybe yeah. even until the seatbelt sign is off. <laughs> yeah. You know, just hold, I always do. I just hold off just because you never know and you don't want to be at the airport all floppy. That'll be stressful. Yeah. I thought we were awesome. going to land uh, in the wrong place when I came back from Atlanta because somebody had like a medical emergency. God. And I was like, so I was like, I don't want to land somewhere Once you're else. in the air, you're in the care of the flight attendants. And yeah. if you had to land somewhere, whatever, you're not going to have to land somewhere, you're fine. All right, that's the question. Yeah. Okay. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. Well, introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. 
mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. Okay. Hunter underscore Strickland. What's the best way to win back a tough crowd? Happened to me the other night. Uh, they were like not in it. I was like the last comic up and they were just like tired. And I turned the energy around. I was like, you know what? And I I got like weirdly sociopolitical. Best way to win back a tough crowd. You know what also helps? Telling the crowd, making a joke about the fact that they're not being responsive. Sometimes crowds collectively don't realize that they're shitty. This is not saying, oh, you guys don't get my humor. This is saying... Like I've got a couple things that I go to when I feel like the crowd isn't giving me the energy I need. And the set is always better after that. Like a little energy disruptor that lets them know like, hey, I'm up here working and you guys are giving me nothing. And that, that only works if you're actually funny because I've seen a lot of comedians do that. That oh. are then it's like, they're like, oh, why aren't you laughing? It's like, because yeah, well, you're not funny. Yeah, but you also, I don't say, I don't say, why aren't you laughing? And also you have to acknowledge that for me, I'm like, I know that you're, that you think I'm funny. So you guys are, I need you to right. wake up. Never come at them. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Cause they'll just, even if you're great, they'll hate you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're all, or assuming that you, that this part, I think you're just asking me. Yeah. So that's the answer is identifying the problem, making a joke about how awkward it is, which is our job as comedians and then move on from there. Let, cause then as you just let them know, like, Hey, you know, or maybe someone's on their phone. Let them know that you're watching them as well as they're watching you. And then they're like, uh-huh. oh, turns out I should be a person. Yeah. Mm, small dog. Mm. Okay. <laughs> what about in the context of winning over a tough crowd in daily life? Not as a comedian. You can't win them all. Yeah. Stop trying. Somebody's being a dick. You be nice. You be you. And let them be embarrassed by their own behavior. <laughs> It's all, you know what always works with women complimenting a bit of their outfit. I was at the this award show recently and every, it's so intimidating. Everybody's so beautiful and all these celebrities. All you ever have to do, that is a fabulous dress. Wow, you have, that is a gorgeous color. Everybody wants to talk about themselves. Everybody wants to be complimented. You don't have to be disingenuous. I get a little tipsy at some award things and I love seeing how beautiful everyone looks and I love complimenting people. It costs me nothing and it makes me feel good. People love it. And then they go, oh, you're Eliza. I go, I am. And that you are wearing those shares. Be giving. What is she, what is she eating? Does she have a pet? What is that? No. What is she chewing rock. on? A She's rock. chewing on half a geode. You know what? Let her chew on it. No, it's a rock. She can't right, do this with her teeth. She's having teeth. All right, fine. Please. My dog just pulled out. A rock. A rock. And chewed on it with her teeth. This is shocking. All right, no one cares, but she That's was chewing shocking. on it. We just heard a thud, and it's like, oh, you're chewing on half a geode? Cool. Something that literally no one's ever done ever. Ever. <laughs> Anyways, that's the answer, is people love to talk about themselves, and they love to be complimented. Be free with your compliments. It doesn't make you fake. It means that you're confident in yourself. Why not? Why not say anything? I was sitting next to a girl, and I said to her at the party, I was at this Golden Globes event, and I was like, wow, everyone here looks so beautiful. And she goes, you look beautiful. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I didn't mean like, and I don't. I was just saying they look great. Yeah. But I appreciated it. She looked beautiful too. (laughs) We all look so beautiful. Casey R. Niedorf. Hi, Eliza. To start, I love you. Let her squeak. Better to squeak than to chew a rock. 
KCR Niedorf. Hi, Eliza. To start, I love you and your work. In fact, I listen to your podcast the entire duration of my 13-hour drive from Tayburg, New York to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Inquiring on your personal opinion, my fiance and I are planning our wedding and we're trying to find catering that doesn't cost the same as a down payment on a house. Oh my God, sorry. We're paying for the wedding ourselves, and she is now convinced that we don't need food at our wedding that will last about six hours, which I believe if we are asking people to fly to Colorado and endure a six-hour social event, we can at least feed them. She believes they can just bring a sandwich and be content. What? What do you think? Also, you're invited to the wedding. Say the dates are being set out next summer. Uh, See you at Turning Stone. That wedding sounds terrible. I was already at Turning Stone, so this person definitely already made their plans. Uh, No, you (laughs) definitely have to feed them. They flew six hours? No, the, the event is six hours. Uh, people will hate you. And she thinks they can bring a sandwich. No, that is not charming. You can't bring a sandwich to somebody's wedding. But here's the other side. No, you can't do that. But, you know, if you don't have a budget, first of all, remember that you're going to get gifts and money. So you will make back maybe 10% of your sunk cost into the wedding. There are cheap ways to do food. Mm-hmm. Um, you could even have an assemble your own sandwich bar. Or just a bunch of six foot longs or party subs. Like that is better than telling people bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah, that's if you tacky. want. People want to celebrate you. They love you. Nobody's expecting a coronation, but you do. People made the effort. They flew in, they drove in, they bought outfits. That's respect. So it can be cheap. You could get a taco truck. It's right. like 300 bucks. Whatever. Something. Something. No, you- A six-hour event. I don't even know what time you could put it in where somebody wouldn't expect food. The only thing worse than that is like a breakfast wedding. Yeah, you know what? You could put it uh, from like 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. Right. And that way no one's eating. Otherwise. No, this is your wife is saying, your fiance? Uh, yes. Two chicks? So, fiance, we're paying for it ourselves. She's convinced we don't need she food at our wedding. Shell. Stop it. What is wrong? You. Does she need a little chewy from downstairs? Do you want to talk about this and I go get her a little no, chew? No, because the, because the answer is get food. I mean, you have to get food, but you can get food cheaply. I wonder if you can cut costs elsewhere or, you know, the get all is, your- This is her fiance is saying this? Uh, I don't know who the if the person's a man or a woman, chicks. but their fiance. Okay, yeah, no, that's a bad look. No People, food. you will have no friends going to this marriage. Yeah, don't have flowers, have food. There you go. You define- Food matters and music matters. Nobody cares about anything else. Uh, music, I think, matters even less than maybe drinks. Oh, yeah, you need drinks. Yeah. You need drinks. So Drinks and food. Music, put an bar. iPod playlist on. You're inviting people to come celebrate with you. This shouldn't be like a hunger strike, right. <laughs> like a death sentence. So, sorry. Yeah. It's just, and honestly, if it's, even if it's gorgeous, if it's six hours and there's no food, all people are going to talk about is how they didn't get food. Uh, Yeah. uh, My mom went to a wedding that was very expensive and they didn't eat till like 10 PM. And it's like, my mom still talks about it to this day. (laughs) Right. Don't, don't be that wedding. One time I didn't eat for six hours. You have to cut corners elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, and maybe you can get someone to give that like as their wedding gift to you, like contribute to yeah. catering of some sort. Like you have to have food or no one's Yeah, I come. can't stress this enough. Hopefully you haven't done already. Please don't invite me to that wedding. <laughs> if there's no food. Maybe I'll send you a gift of food. Sounds- I'll send you a sandwich. One sandwich. All right, next question. People can fight over That's it. That's an insane question. Of course you need food. Right. This isn't communist Play this Russia. for your fiance. 
so that she knows people are on your side. This is like some North Korean ploy to make people think, like that's their whole thing is like making their citizens think that there's food. Uh-huh. Like their propaganda films, like they'd always be like, let's sing songs about how much grain we have, but they had oh, no look grain. Look at our grocery stores no that are definitely real. Okay, just because you saw the interview, I'm talking about a real documentary. <laughs> Moving on. Go see Kim Jong-Ilia. It's a documentary. It'll tell you everything you know about North Korea. Squeeze this dog. You Riley underscore cute. How do you do the goat noise? Is that something you can give a no. description of or you just do it? It's not a goat. It's a sheep. I've said this multiple times. Okay. It's a sheep-dolphin combination. Uh-huh. And I just do it. Like most things, I just do it. Next question. Oh. <laughs> it's like barely letting air escape. I'm not letting my secrets escape. You either do it or you don't. Can't tell you. That's like saying, how do you whistle? You're like, put your lips together and blow me. I don't know. I can't whistle or snap. That's weird. That's because your hands are too oily. Oh. <laughs> from eating, from grease. They're too greasy for my, bur- my breakfast burger. Sarah Von Paul, what is a song that makes you want to dance? I have a song streaming in my head 24 hours a day. Right now I have that Tones and I song. Ooh, you make me... Uh, Dance for me, dance for me, dance for me, yeah, oh, 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 oh. When I sing, when I wanna do the way you do, oh. I don't know. I, I like don't, that song. I don't. I've I like never "On the Luna" by Foles. Who cares? Yeah, okay. you've heard it. Okay. I like. I like. Okay. What kind of question? These are. These are. You gotta get better with these questions. I. Look, you wanna, it's who's fun. Listen, who's listening to this and is like, oh, me too. <laughs> That's fun. I like to move. I like to move around. Even if it's silly looking. I'm a very good dancer, but I don't like to bust that out because then it looks like you're serious and like very trying sexual. Too hard. I just like to move my body. Uh-huh. So that's the way I like to move my body. Put on music when I work out, move that body, engage your core, tone those, turn those turns. Jordan beats PCOS. I recently got a new job that is a huge leap in my career, early childhood education. I've been working for three months and have just now realized that what I'm making won't pay the bills. What should I do? Negotiate a higher pay, get a second job on the weekends, or find a new job altogether? I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes you have to take a pay cut for a better opportunity. You're saying it's a huge leap. It should be a financial leap. It should be, if it's better for you, it should be more money. Right. I, I, I I can't tell you that. How long until talks of a raise happen? You shouldn't have taken the job. By the way, this is like months later, you've already had the job or you've already left or made other arrangements, but don't take the job until you, part of this new job is making sure that you're financially sound. So you shouldn't take some, it's a bad look to take a job and they're like, oh, by the way, I need more money. Yeah. You really should have thought about that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, at this point, I don't know that you would negotiate higher pay. I mean, you could discuss when talks of a raise, like, is it every year? You have a review. Uh, you may need to get a second job on the weekends. I mean, if you come upon another job that's better, cool. It sucks as a teacher that, like, it isn't enough. Like, we don't I mean, pay yeah. teachers enough. Um, yeah, sorry, dude. That's We can't really advise on that, but you, uh, next question. Okay. Hey, hey, Eliza and Co. This is from uh, Mandy.ok. I am looking for tips on how to hire a great assistant as well as how to be a good employer and manage that relationship. I'm a mobile dog groomer and I am often overworked with a never-ending to-do list. I'd like to outsource as much of it as I can, but I'm concerned about finding someone who I can trust and who is reliable and just the right person who can be flexible, versatile, and capable of critical thinking so I don't have to always hold their hand Thanks so much. You guys are awesome. 
What's the question? Uh, looking for tips on how to hire a great assistant as well as how to be a good employer and manage that relationship. It's a mobile dog groomer. So. I don't know. I hired a not great assistant after you quit. So uh, go find someone named Emily Higgins. I mean, it's, I think when it's a one-on-one relationship, a lot That's of it tough. does come down to being someone you don't mind spending time with. Uh, go state school versus private school. <laughs> Emily Higgins here. Honors classes. Where'd you go? Georgia State. Uh, University, University of Georgia. Georgia. Um, I mean, I don't know about that. I, I, I think, I don't know. You have to ask this person like, oh, I can't with the squeaking. It's you better than it. the rocks. Okay. I think, because people have asked me for, for tips on like how I got this job with you and what it entails. Uh, I think it does come down to someone you can spend time with and someone who can solve a problem. Like people can learn things. Maybe they've never groomed a dog before, but they can learn it. You need someone who has the wherewithal to ask about like, oh, you know, what I came up with this better way. Or like, do you need help with this? I think it really- Solve some problems. Ask them how important (laughs) punctuality is. (laughs) Emily's always on time. You know, and also like, I have to say this, drawing a line, like you don't want to be best friends with your employee. That is managing that relationship. You, it's. I walk around half naked. Emily is very good at drawing a line. I invite her to an event. She's like, I don't know. She never, she seldom takes free food from me. She, there's no, she never takes advantage. And it's tough because actually Emily's very good at drawing that line. Cause I'm kind of like an open book, like whatever. <laughs> so you want someone that's got their own life. Yeah. Right, Emily? I mean. Life. It's, I wonder if this is the kind of job you can get a recommendation for. Like if you know someone who has a a daughter or a sibling or a son, somebody where you can, if if someone has vouched for their character, the work part is going to be easier. Yeah. And also like, look at that resume. Is it a ton of jobs? Is it self-starter kind of jobs? Look for the bullshit. Like manage my mom's projects. You're like, meh. Right. You're not going to get. You know, and you know, maybe you don't even want someone that wants to be a dog groom, but you want someone that's dependent, dependable, uh, and you want someone that wants the job. I always respect when people follow up with an email, follow up with a thank you, a confirmation. You know, so look for little things. Um, and pick a pick like a nerd. Don't pick a cool girl. Pick someone that's gonna that will slit their wrists for you. Next question. <laughs> okay. Okay, this is a DM that says, please ask Eliza if this podcast is an elaborate scheme to get you, Emily, to hang out with her outside of her home. (gasps) Also, why don't you want to hang out with her more? Whoa, (laughs) joke's on them because I'm in my home. Uh, Yeah, we're in the home. We don't do, we're not like doing this on like Saturday at the club. No, Emily (laughs) had to like wrestle me to the ground to get me to come up here and record one because I had planned to spend this last day in LA squeezing my dog. I mean, yeah, understandably. Uh, no, in fact, by the grace of God, I've allowed Emily into this podcast because <laughs> I had a podcast without her, but she was on the production side. So. Yeah, I mean, it, here's the thing about this podcast is I don't know how everyone is doing a weekly podcast booking a guest uh-huh. because that takes up finding a time where you and the recording studio and the guest are free. It's hard. I it's, We've really it's, cracked the code with this. Because this allows it, because Eliza's schedule is so random, like she'll just, ran, she'll get a movie part and then have to go away for two months and we don't want to not have episodes and it's like, we're not going to be able to get a bunch of other people to come in on one day. Also, you know what happens a lot? Like, unless you're doing like a business insider podcast, I don't want to be, and you can take these as fighting wars, but this is just honesty. I don't want to be the podcast that's just interviewing any other comic I can mm-hmm. find. 
A lot of times people just interview people because they're around and it's just a way for them to bounce off, bounce jokes off them. <clears throat> right. I genuinely, when I have a guest on, it's because I think that people will find them interesting. Like yeah. you're not here just so I can be funny. That's the worst podcast or host. Or not here just so that you can fill a slot. Exactly. So we have guests on when I want them. That's why there's such variety in our guests because mm-hmm. I think they're interesting versus like, oh, I just needed someone. Um and you guys provide us with such great questions. And Emily happens to be not a crazy person, so she makes a great sidekick. Here's your compliment for the year. Oh, wow. Uh, so Except that's the answer. for 2020, you burned it so early. Yeah, but I do like hanging out with Emily. <laughs> we have a nice time. Yeah. Uh, and podcasts, you know, there are some that don't have anyone. Jen Kirkman's podcast is just her, and I take a lot of inspiration from that. Of Like, if a you're lot- funny— Well, and that's why I was like, I can just do my own. Like, if you're funny, I think, Eliza, you could just do this and answer these questions on your own. Um, I think it's it's a little variety to have someone ask them to you. Otherwise, just come see my stand-up. So this is better this way. Right. Next question. Okay. Someone's got to read the questions, and it's Emily. (laughs) Moving right along. Hi, Eliza. I'm just wondering how long is too long to be sad over a breakup? It's been three months and I've done things like go to therapy, exercise, hang out with friends, even got my master's degree going. In three months? <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, but at least once a day a I still get sad degree. about it. Got it going. All I think right. started on it. For context, he and I dated for a year, got along very well, and still get along well. We both got close to each other's families and things seemed promising. He ended it after confessing he didn't think he loved me and felt that way for a while. I know there's someone better suited for me out there, but I just want to stop being sad over this guy. Please help. Love you lots. Your podcast is a lifesaver while I spend the day looking at spreadsheets in my windowless office. Well, maybe that's why you're sad because you live in a windowless office. You're a plant that needs sunshine. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you're allowed to be sad. What is it? Like you're supposed to mourn half the time you were in the relationship. See, so it's been three months. You got three more. A more now. Together. But, but you're allowed to be sad. That's your best friend. Yeah. I would um, also not be friends with this person anymore. Yeah, that's so, I think it would in some weird way be easier if yeah. the person was just like, I hate you, bye. But yeah, instead it was just kind of like, uh, you, you know, know what? it didn't uh, work. I applaud him. You're not getting out of my lap. You're staying here. Till I give you all the kisses. Um, I applaud him for saying that to you because that takes real guts. Yeah. That's, you'll see in your life, people will ghost you or do, be shitty thing. He was, that, whoever that man is, that takes real guts. That's a real, that's a real man yeah. to say that because especially for girls, I have a, a friend who's dating a girl. They've been dating for a while. They know each other's families, holidays together. He doesn't know if she's the girl. And I'm thinking, you selfish bastard. Like, especially as we get into our 30s, late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s, to hold on to a girl just because you're not sure you're wasting her time. And while that will hurt her right now, in the long run, that's the kinder thing to do. Um, Don't waste anyone's time. So I, you should love that he gave you that gift. Right. Distance yourself from him. He might be a really great guy. You don't need to still get along. You don't have a shared house. You don't have a shared income or kids. Yeah. You have the gift of him being as kind as possible. It's okay that he doesn't love you. There are plenty of men that you have not loved back. That's just the way the world doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Get out there. You can even date for batting practice. Just start. You got to keep putting yourself out there. Yeah. It'll click one day. You'll just feel a little bit better. But you're allowed to feel sad now, but don't keep hanging out with this guy because in the back of your mind, you're probably like, oh, well, maybe. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's not like the movies where he's like, it turns out I do love you. Right. Move on. Yeah. You'll be okay. It's okay to be sad. Process that fully. Mm-hmm. That way you're healthy and pink and cheery and bushy-tailed when the right person comes along. Yeah. And that person can be a man, a woman, non-binary. Their pronouns can be couch, him, 
her, whatever you want. Qui. All right, anonymous. Anonymous. Listening. My husband is in the Air Force and is deploying in a few days. This is actually newer, so but this won't come out for a little bit. Uh, We've had to spend long time periods apart before, but this is his first deployment, and it is to a war zone. I have anxiety anyway, so leading up to this has been incredibly hard for me. I messaged my friend telling her that I'm not handling this well at all, basically just needing a friend, and her response was, well, so-and-so's husband is deploying in a few months, and they actually have kids. I immediately felt shut down, but I responded with, yeah, that has to be hard. It's all I can think about anymore. And all she responded with were the two kids' ages. I know that this is a million times harder for families with kids, but her response made me feel so shitty. It seemed like my feelings weren't valid enough to be addressed, and it really hurt coming from my friend. Am I being too sensitive? Am I the asshole? What would you have done? Thanks. Can I I just do a little exercise with you? Can I see that that document, that phone? I'm going to read it to you. In a tone. Okay, well, pull it back up. God damn it. Trying to do a podcast here and my dog is on my desk. I'm going to read this to you in a sympathetic tone. And I think you will find that it's less bitchy. So you say, my husband's being deployed. You know, I'm so sad and nervous and scared. I know. Well, Susan's husband is deploying in a few months and they actually have kids. The actually is a little shitty. I think if you saw it, if you give her the benefit of the doubt of totally, I get what you're saying, and so-and-so's husband, and they have kids. Like, can you imagine how how extra horrible that is? There is a version where she was saying it. The actually, this person is not very smart because writing it like that is so shitty. Like, we have to be in charge of our words. There is a version where she was like, yes, and and you, yes, and God, it's probably so horrible as well for Becky because they have kids, seven and eight. Oh, my God. But she did not acknowledge you. She should have been like, that's so yeah. awful. Maybe maybe you should get that other woman's number so you can yeah. commiserate with I her. I didn't DM to talk about Becky. I want to talk about me. Yeah, it is shitty. I would get with your friend ASAP. I went through a similar situation once uh, when my husband was deployed. No, when um, I a friend was getting married and I went and I met her husband and I texted her the next day and I was like, Bob seems great. If he has any nice single friends that you could set me up with, let me know. And she just wrote back. This is my book. She just wrote back, match.com, baby. In person, it might have been cuter, but it was like, sometimes we don't realize how harsh what we say sounds. And we, I stopped being friends with her because I, I said to her like, oh, I can't really do match. And she was like, don't know what to tell you. And she was in the throes of planning a wedding. But like you never, no one doesn't have time to be a human. If you want to give her the benefit of the doubt of being like, just so you know, like I was trying to confide in you. Yeah. And maybe she'll say to you like, oh my God, I was just saying, I'm sure so-and-so knows how you feel. Right. Maybe she didn't know what to say. And so she was just like, oh, here's a similar thing. I I can't, it's a real sign of stupidity when people can't control like through the magic of words and punctuation and grammar, like how they sound. Yeah. But also in our society of, of nonstop technology, we often are hurt by people who, miscommunicate uh, because technology is still relatively new. And the older we get also, you know, like that's why moms are weird texters sometimes and stuff like that. So no disrespect to anyone that's a mom, but it is a proven fact. Um, the the question asker though is not in the wrong here. You're not in the wrong. I'm trying to get support. She wonders, oh, you know, was I an asshole? No, you're trying no. to get support from your friends and they should provide that, but you may just need to be a little clear about what you need. You should also, you owe it to your friendship. Just communicate with her and be like, I just want to let you know that really hurt my feelings. And I, if she can't respect that, fuck that person. But there is, 
99% chance she'll be like, oh my God, that's not how I meant it. There's also the version where she's like, you shouldn't have taken it that way. And you're like, well, you're a fucking bitch who doesn't know how to write things correctly. So that's it. That's how I feel. Leave the dog alone. She's she trying to eat things that are not All right, food. we're painting her like okay. this monster and we're not. She's, she's just being. She's in an office with a lot of toys. Uh, she, she ate a rock. You can eat a rock, Emily. <laughs> you go eat a rock. Okay. Hi, Eliza. Big fan. Last year I turned 25. My best friend's birthday was before mine and I scraped together enough money to send her a gift card and make her feel loved. And then for my birthday, not only did she not even bother to send me a card, we lived in different states at the time, but got engaged. She only FaceTimed me to show me the ring. She asked me to be her maid of honor, but about a year later she asked me to step down because I wasn't enthusiastic enough and I couldn't afford to pay for the bachelorette cruise she wanted to go on. As of now, I'm not in the wedding at all. Am I a total garbage friend what could i have done better nothing move on this is not your friend friend. sucks yeah this friend sucks move on it's okay i forgot my best friend's birthday and she called and she was like what day is it i'm waiting for it um she's allowed to be selfish it's her wedding and she you know maybe has a group of friends that can afford a different lifestyle but she like cut you off at the knees it wasn't you move on you're not friends anymore she lives in a different state yeah you're done and maybe you weren't but for her not to give you the the time to say, hey, I don't have this money and I this and, you know, um, just move on. It's not your fault. Maybe you weren't, maybe you are a shitty friend, but she sounds like a shitty friend too. Let her go have her amazing wedding and do it with her friends. Uh, to cut you out like that is so brutal. Because you can't go on a bachelorette cruise. I so mean, now you're not in the party. No, move on. There next. are some great uh, Facebook groups and subreddits of just people talking about super entitled uh, bridezillas that I find very fun to read about just other people being horrible. And you might find your people there where you everybody's just like, you're not alone in, in being shoved aside in favor of some insane wedding events. Uh, but, but it's not worth her, it. And also just like let her have her. Also, she might want something bigger that someone else can, and like, she, you know, that's okay. Like this is your time. Some people, this is like their moment to have all that, but cutting you out completely. It's crazy. It might be a gift because you don't want to cater to this person. I, this is not your friend. Plus no. she lives in another state. It's enough. If you're like me and you're always in other states, it's like something different. You're never going to see her again. She's going to get married. She'll definitely never remember your birthday. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes some people are just better friends in relationships than others, and they always remember stuff. You deserve reciprocity. Yeah. Next. Anonymous. Uh, love the podcast, Baby Arm, and your comedy. My question is this. Baby Arm doesn't have comedy. <laughs> your comedy. My comedy. I'm 24, and my boyfriend and I have been together for five months, and we've been really happy. The only issue is that he has a lot of female friends, and they text and stuff, but he doesn't hang out with them often, and I'm always invited along if they do make plans. Okay. But sometimes it bothers me that they are always texting him. Should this bother me, or should I let it go? I know that he chooses to be with me and not one of them, but I can't shake the uneasy feeling I don't want to think these friends have bad motives, but I've been cheated on before, so I'm not super trusting of other women. I don't know. It depends on how hot he is. Is he hotter than you? But it's like he's not hanging out with these girls. They just are like texting, and whenever he hangs out with them, he invites his girlfriend. He sounds on the up and up. Yeah, you don't want to become the jealous girlfriend. It is Mm -hmm. not a cute look. And like I text my friend Greg all day, every day. Yeah. And my husband sees it. And my husband and Greg hang out when I'm not there. And Greg and I hang out alone a lot. It's not uncommon for my husband to come home and Greg and I are hanging out together or Waz or some other friends. But transparency is key. And I'm only afforded these privileges because I am honest with my husband. So since this guy's been honest with you, you have to just 
like love freely and operate under the assumption that he is doing all the right stuff. Plus those girls will fade away. Like if you're that cool girlfriend, that's totally secure and find a way to get secure. Do not share this with your boyfriend. Those girls will give up or they are his friends. You know, there's also a version where they text about a joke and get the girl's number and you could text her something and you become part of it. You don't want to be the girlfriend on the fringe. You don't want to be like all the other girls are cool hang girls and you're just the girlfriend. Yeah. Don't let the jealousy and the insecurity get you because you will be very alone and it, it will be awful for you. Yeah. He's allowed to have girlfriends, especially, I mean, just texting is cool. And if, if these texts are totally innocent, that's right. okay too. I mean, especially that when he hangs out with them, she's invited. That's For nice. Sure. Always go, and you always be. My mother taught me this. When you're an attractive woman, I'm assuming you are, um, other women oftentimes are predisposed to not like you. And I'll never forget one time we were on like, uh, we were at an event and my mom was in charge or something. And there was a guy there. And my mom and the guy really got along. They're both East Coast. My mom is kind of a guy's girl. You know, she's very happily married to my stepdad and- She's gracious and beautiful and graceful and all these things. But the guy was there and they were really getting along because my mom jokes around and she's, you know, one of the guys, whatever. And the guy's husband, uh, sorry, the, the man's wife was not attractive at all. And they were older. Yeah. And I noticed the, you know, the wife didn't really talk to my mom as she was joking around the husband. But every time my mother came up to them, she'd always put her hand on his back and the wife's back. Like she'd always, when she, if she'd touch him, she'd always touch her first. Be like, hey guys, how's, how are you doing tonight? Yeah. She always included the wife. Mm-hmm. That way it could never look like she was doing anything disrespectful and inappropriate. Like she always made it, the conversation was to both of them. Mm-hmm. And you can do that. You can be the gracious, cool girl that involves both. Hey, I'm going to a bar. Why don't you guys come with us? It's always make it like it's you and him and you're inviting them. Like you just be cool. Yeah. And fake it until you feel it. Yeah. Otherwise, you will very quickly become the jealous girlfriend. And you're not that. Everybody, I don't think I've, you know what? Maybe I've been cheating on, I don't know it. But that's part of life. He's not cheating on you. And you don't want to make him pay for other people's mistakes. Right. And we don't want to label women as awful because those girls might just be his friends. Yeah. Probably not. They're probably being a little shady. But, you know, you just act like it doesn't bother you. And they will, they'll become your friends too. Make them your friends. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I don't cool. know why. If they're cool, uh, you could have some new friends. Built-in friend group. Easy peasy. Yeah, but you be cool. Be cool. All right, Anonymous. Hi, Eliza, Baby Arm, and Scott. I'm asking advice on how to handle a situation with my coworker. Sorry if this is long. I know you like an explanation. No, this is a perfect length. By trade, I work in x-ray, CT, and MRI, but I have branched into teaching. I am in charge of the advanced imaging program at our school, and I also teach all of the courses for my program. My coworker is my equal and teaches some of the x-ray classes for her program. She is 60 years old. I am 28 years old. I have been teaching for three years and private tutoring for six. She has been teaching for around 10 years. Here's the issue. We have a boss, the director. Her office connects to ours. Yet every day my coworker acts like my boss, both in work and at home. I receive phone calls and text messages about three to six times per week with her giving me tips, ideas, or my favorite. Just a thought, let me know. When we are at work, she acts superior to me as if every day is my first day and I have never taught a class before. I'm sick of it. Do you have any ideas of what I should do to handle this? Since we share an office, I don't want to make my life a living hell going forward, but I want this to stop. She's already passive aggressive when I don't answer her phone calls, so I can't think of what to do. 
Thank you for your help. Love you and your comedy. Can't wait to see you next time you're near New Jersey or Philly. Oof. I'm trying to think of what I would actually do. I mean, it's I get I get very mad about this if somebody if somebody implies in any way that I don't know more than they do. Here's the thing: about she thing. does know more than you. She just does. She's been she's older and she's been doing it longer, but she is not your boss, right? She, it there's a version where like she's a little insecure because you're younger, yeah. But there's also you know is she actually giving you good tips? Is it more of a mentor role? Or is she just as good as you? And that's why you guys are doing the same job and you're younger. Yeah. I wonder if, because you're getting so many calls and texts, everything, if you can just be like, hey, these, I want to look over these, but when they come in in all these different formats, I'm losing track of them. Like, can you send me one email a week? You know, maybe if you come up with things over the week, put them in a draft and send it to me and then I can have them to refer to. Because I hate when people send me information in eight different places and then I got to collate it all. There's also a version where you flat out just say, um... I always appreciate feedback and I do like that we work together. Um, the way that I work best is like if I see a text, I, I, I don't know. It's because you're like, I don't owe you a response. I don't owe, you're not my boss. Like you may at one point have to say, you're my subordinate. You're not my superior. Or coworker. You're my coworker. So, you know, maybe just say to her, when she says the passive aggressive things, you can always just shut it down with, I will read this when I get to the office. Mm-hmm. Like you don't owe that person anything. Like if you always keep it super professional and ice cold, yeah, that's tough. It is tough. Because when you're just... older, you do want to sort of mentor other people. I don't know where that's coming from. I'm sure she means well, but I'm sure she means well when there is like the age thing, especially with text. Because like I'll get texts from my mom sometimes where I'm like, what are you talking about? So it could be passive aggressive or it could be her being like, listen, I at, like she functions differently. I would sit down and talk with her and be like, here's how it makes me feel. Right. Because I would, I would be, I would be feeling every time I got one of those, I'd be like, oh God, this is like something I have to now deal with. I have to reply to it. I have to incorporate it. Like that would really stress me out. I would to straight get up just messages. tell her, be like, um, I get a lot of information. I cannot always answer you. Yeah. I do feel sometimes, I don't want you to think I'm not appreciative, but I can't always answer if I'm driving yeah. or if I'm doing something. Yeah. So like you, you know, just give her a chance to explain herself. Right. I'm wondering Oof, if you've discussed tough. or you just are getting these like memos from her on the regular. Yeah. I don't know what the, cause I wonder if there's, if, if, if the person is like, oh, you know what, just, just a thought, like maybe you should do it like this. I wonder if you'd be like, well, I do it this other way because that's what I was taught in school or that's what I've found works or better. Or you could just passive aggressive it. Be like, great. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Thanks. 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 And just, yeah. thanks, you know, and just do whatever you want. That's the LA way. I mean, Great, first, so excited. <laughs> the first move, I think, is definitely to talk to her. I don't think there's a problem with talking to her and just being um, honest about it. But I with I don't really want more information because that's it's already so in-depth. I would like a follow-up text from you, though, yeah. a message. just Because I don't really know the criteria. Like, what is she sending you? Yeah. If it's help. But it's just, there's no way she has six to eight helpful things a week to say. Yeah. Like at that point, it's nitpicking of just like, I, I get that feeling when people are asked like, oh, do you do you have any changes you want to make to this? And people just make changes so that they can put their stamp on it. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, she just wants her hands in the pot or whatever. Like it's it's If stressful. you truly are just coworkers and it's not a team thing, yeah, that's too much. So you definitely are within your right to keep it professional. Maybe even calling someone from HR, that way it doesn't get out of hand, but yeah. explain how you're feeling without any emotion and just professionally. This is my time. I cannot always respond to your texts. I do appreciate it, but 
Sometimes when you follow up like that, it makes me feel like I owe you an answer. And then it doesn't feel like we're coworkers anymore. Right. Didn't know if you knew this. I just want to let you know how I felt. Yeah. And if she's uh, shitty about it, then you just uh, passive aggressive her into, into right. oblivion. Well, and at that point, hopefully she will either say, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Or she'll be like, well, I am in charge of you. And you can be like, actually, uh-huh. now that you've uh-huh. said it, we can go to the boss about it and clarify our job yeah. roles. And then you guys can quit sharing a chair. Yeah. (laughs) We share an office, literally. Anonymous. Hi, Eliza and producers. Please help me out. I'm stuck at my ex's house because the job I have now does not allow low, does not allow me to pay even to rent a room. A low flow toilet. And I need a low flow dump taker. Okay, what? Uh, I'm stuck at my ex's house because the job I have now does not allow me to even pay to rent a room. And here he is not charging me any money and I don't want to have multiple jobs. I've been looking for a better job, but nothing so far. Should I just take it easy and find another job and don't be so stressed out? Major anxiety now about my future or should I leave and be be broke? I don't have family here or a close friend that I can stay with for a while. Thank you. FYI, I'm good with money. I bought an old car with cash, so I don't stop, have car stop, payments. Stop, 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 stop. I, I don't know. What kind of a job doesn't pay for you to live at all? I understand She's not allowed to pay rent for a room with this job. What? I maintain my family back in my country. I'm paying for an apartment I bought and haven't rent yet. Also back in my country. My expenses are low, but still not covered by my job. What? What kind of a job do you have? Do you work at like McDonald's and it's just like a super low wage? It's not allowed to pay rent. Are you, because you're not a citizen maybe? Maybe something is happening. She's in a different country. She's not allowed to pay rent. She's staying at her ex's house. She's wondering, should she just like go? I don't see a solution. If you're not allowed to pay rent, then you'll never- stay there. (laughs) I would go- Get a different job. Home, regroup, maybe get a different visa. This is very- I feel like I'm walking into something that's going to make me look bad here. I, I don't know. That's so shoddy. Yeah, that's tough. It sounds like you don't have the right worker's permit or, or something and you have like a job under the table that doesn't pay a lot of money. I don't, but then she'd be allowed to pay rent for a room even if she didn't have the money for it. Yeah, and I don't know. So that sounds, you might need to have multiple jobs. Like, I don't know, life's a hustle. So you might need to, it's okay to be broke as long as you can afford to feed yourself and shelter yourself. Yeah. Is your ex a nightmare? It's if weird. the ex is being cool, fine. Yeah, but it sounds like maybe you don't like him. Like, why would you care? Maybe he makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. You don't want to be beholden to anyone. I, that There's keep, a lot of details missing here. Keep looking for another job. Yeah, or maybe go home, regroup, come back. I don't know where you came from. It might be impossible to do that. We don't have enough detail. Okay. Well, the only thing that's going to come out of this is me looking like I'm shaming an immigrant. Right. Or I'm not. We just, we just I, I don't have any information. Yeah. I'm not allowed to pay rent. What, what? sort of unaffordable housing act rule do I not know about? I don't know. All right, next question. Okay. It makes me nervous Anonymous. for her. Is I she know. being trafficked? Are you okay? Are you okay? That, that, write us back. Write us back. This, this question your, came in in From December. your burner phone. Yeah. Right, let, let us, us know. know. Yeah, where do you come from? Anonymous. Hi, Eliza and Emily. Question mark. This isn't an episode-specific question, but a being a decent human question. Is it shitty to say, I'll do that if no one else is willing to, like purchasing tickets for the group and being the one to wait for people to pay you back? So basically saying that you want these tickets badly enough that you will put your wallet on the line, but knowing that it's risky and not wanting to be the one to do it if there's another option. Thanks. What? Okay. I this I get this, but but okay. In a group situation, I mean, now it's a little easier with Venmo, but yeah. but it's- Send people, a Venmo request. People, 
Right. You can send requests now. Verbal confirmation. Do the three of you want to go see a Backstreet Boys revival concert? Right. Yes. I'm buying the tickets. They will be X amount per person. Are you Is in? Is this okay? Yes. And if they don't do it, then they're not your friend anymore. Right. I mean, that's just an expensive lesson. Sometimes I'll see people in my comments like, I got two tickets for Eliza. I only need one. Does anyone want one? It's tough yeah. to sell one and no yeah. one believes anyone. If it's something that you really want to do and nobody else seems to want to do it, you got to- bear that burden. Saying the, I'll do it if no one else is willing to, I could see myself saying that if I was always the one who did it and I was always organizing it and I was sick of it and I was just like, okay, you want me to do it again? Fine. Yeah, sometimes but, people are just but, lazy. But it's probably not necessary. I mean, it's not the worst thing, but what are you accomplishing by saying like, fine, I'll do it if no one else will. I mean, if you really want to go and sometimes it is, I've had, you know, I've definitely had that where I'm like, can someone just get the tickets and I'll pay you later? Sometimes it is a pain to get out your credit card, go on the thing, Get a verbal confirmation, get an email confirmation from everyone saying, yes, I'm in, it's done. Buy yeah. them, send a Venmo request, done. Yeah. I don't think there's any problem with that, especially if you're the organizer or you really want to go. Sometimes people just need a leader. Yeah. That's why I'm here. That's, <laughs> you lead, tell them. You lead put you into it on a moral yours. victory. Yeah. <laughs> Small. All right. You want to do your top and bottom of the cob? Hit it. It's the top with a cob. You're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Uh... Top or bottom first. Okay. Now I feel all insecure about it. Uh, my about your cob? bottom of the cob is this. Um, I very openly share my life on Instagram. Obviously not everything. And I understand that that people, you know, usually are very supportive, but people weigh in and they usually do it from a good place. And that's because I share. If I don't want to, if I don't want people's feedback, I shouldn't share or shouldn't read the comments. Um, but it always bothers me when people you know, like I was talking about Tian Fu and how, you know, she had anxiety, we put her in a crate, you know, she got upset, which is normal, especially for a rescue dog. The amount of people who um, are not just like, hey, I just want to finally advise this is what I did. They're like, you need to medicate your dog. Listen to me, okay? Very clearly. I'm not medicating my dog. We live in a culture that the answer is just medicate them. Yeah. You could medicate yourself all day, every day. There are people that actually need medication, but there are plenty of people that just do it because it's the easier solution. This is a dog. This is a dog, like many dogs that has been through something, but animals are trainable. And I'm not going to medicate my dog. Please don't suggest that. I'm not giving her CBD or the newest fat. And you know what? If you do that for your animal, that's fine. I don't know your situation. I don't know how violent your animal gets or how scared they get. Mm -hmm. We all want our dogs to be okay. I'm going, I have a trainer. I'm not just throwing dog Xanax at a problem. She's an animal. Animals have existed for thousands of years being domesticated without this. So I'm willing to put in the money and the time and the patience to get my dog to a place where she has the tools, the mental tools to be okay. And that's it. When people are so aggressive about it, and that's what I'm talking about, not the people that are like, here's what I do. Right. It it makes it, I don't know why you feel your solution is any better. And I don't know why we frame it like I'm hurting my dog because I'm not doing it your way. Mm -hmm. So back the fuck off my DMs and don't ever, ever say something to me in a tone like I'm doing it wrong and and you you know better than I. Mm -hmm. So that's the answer and that's not a choice. That's why if I ever have a kid, like very little is going online about that kid because I don't want your feedback. You're not me. You don't know my situation. You don't know my heart. And that's not what I'm doing. I would never have the hubris to go into someone's DM and be like, here's what you need to do. You're terrorizing your animal. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. So if you're one of those people that wrote me something nice, I know you meant well, and I can 
I can infer inflection, but yeah. people are like, you need to Xanax your dog immediately. I'm like, well, why get a dog at all? Why don't you get a stuffed animal that just sits there? Right. She doesn't need Xanax. She's fine. She's brand new. She needs rules and structure because she's an animal. Yeah. And that's what she'll get. Yeah. Just after she gets done eating these rocks, she tore, <laughs> tore off my shelf. <laughs> she's fine. She's fine. Good old fashioned structure and love. Okay. I'll provide the love. Noah can provide the structure. What's your bottom of the cup? You're going to come back to like a little tiny military boot camp when I've you get I've always back. been a fan of German Shepherds. <laughs> uh, my bottom of the cup is that Amazon reviews are lies. And there are so many fake reviews, you can't trust it at all whatsoever. And if you actually look at them, you will realize how many of them are false. And so then Ooh. you have to go to a secondary site like fakespot.com or similar and plug in a link to something you're purchasing and you will see, oh, this gets a score of D because these reviews are all the exact same, Whoa. use the same language, came from brand new accounts and you find out how much stuff is just fake. Wow. So I feel like I'm a pretty good review reader in finding something that works but I am so mad. I was trying to look for various items and I'm just reading fake review after fake review. And then people that are like, this burned my home down. I'm yeah. Like, oh my God. A lot of scammers on there on and Amazon. Amazon now, they have no, like their algorithms will be like, this is the best choice. And then it'll have 99% fake reviews. It's insane. Like the, the, Pictures will be for things that aren't even the same thing. Like you cannot rely on these big corporations to do yeah. it for you. You have to do your own research and that makes me mad. Caveat mTOR, but also like seller mTOR. Like just know that if you fuck me over on that by letting fake reviews, then I'm not going to buy your product. Amazon is relatively good about returns and refunds, et cetera. They don't but, give a fuck. They're like, keep it. We'll send your money back. Yeah. We have but, so much but, money. You know, it's, it's when you're trying to order less stuff and stop destroying the earth, you know, and, and they send you garbage. It's very so frustrating. Also, a lot of um, if you buy like face stuff or hair stuff or anything, like people are finding that they're getting fakes or really, yeah, or formulas that are not what they were sold I was about as. To say, that doesn't happen to me, but you do all my ordering, right? So <laughs> I read all the reviews, and you see on there people saying like, "This is different than the one I bought three months Whoa. ago." So you have to be really you can't just click the top thing and be like, "Yep." You can't. You got to read it. You can't. It's my bottom. Okay. My top of the cob is the last few days of vacation. While some people find them anxiety inducing, I find that only then can my sphincter truly relax. Like these last few days, like after New Year's Eve, like leading back to everyone getting back to work, I, you need a vacation for your vacation. Like to truly unlock and unwind. And I see that I, how much I'm sleeping now. After the parties are all done, like- I'm in full relaxation mode toward the end. And that's the sweet spot of the vacation, the end. Mm -hmm. Now you go. Uh, my top of the cob is the one of the items I bought from Amazon after a lot of reviews. I bought a mini stepper so I can do some little steps while I watch my terrible movies. Mm. Changing my life up in 2020. It might burn my house down. I don't know. I got sick of reading reviews. <laughs> and that's the show. We hope we gave you guys some good advice. My dog has pulled now a shell and a rock off of my shelf. And uh, I don't know, is a rock a bad chew toy for a dog? Yes. Well, she well, she's it. getting a tooth, a tooth operation. She's not getting an operation. She's going to the orthodontist to get rid of some decay that she got in a shitty cage. Now I'm saving her. Quit DMing me about Xanax. At 
At Delta, we know Mike NHC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.